Welcome to Lodging On Demand. In this episode, Lodging Editor George Selly speaks with Charlestown Hotel's Chief Revenue Officer, Jonathan Capps, on trends and best practices in post-pandemic budgeting, focusing on revenue team forecasting and expenses related to sales, marketing, IT, and other areas. Yeah, let's let's get right into it, uh, Jonathan. So um, can you um, describe maybe how your the work that you do right in, in the uh, budgeting area has uh, changed uh, post-pandemic, right, compared to pre-pandemic, uh, for example, uh, uh, has accurate, you know, budget forecasting become more challenging now than it used to be? <clears throat> yeah. So I, uh, I'm the chief revenue officer at Charlestown hotels and, you know, kind of have a twofold job as an executive. One is, is, you know, focused a lot on the, the top line performance of our portfolio and, and the room's revenue. And secondarily is as an executive who's been in the business a while, you know, to kind of recognize trends or, you know, identify things that we could see in general as an as executive team member. Um, you know, since since COVID, the, you know, the interaction from the top line has been, you know, pacing's gone out the door, booking windows have gone out the door. So you've kind of had a shift in predictability in the sense of not only two, you know, major KPIs or things that you watch in terms of forecasting and budgeting, but on a granular level, now you've even done it on a segmentation level. So, you know, for us, I think the difficulty is, is, you know, and the, the, the good side is we had some stuff come back pretty quickly, you know, as things were still tight, some places, some markets, beach markets, and, you know, some stuff in Florida saw some, some early reactions. So we were able to kind of learn lessons that we weren't learning all at one time. Mm-hmm. I, I I think where the, you know, the, the challenge is coming actually uh, for a company like ours is, is reassessing business mix, right? And, and what the, the true operation of our business is and, you know, what, what our guests are, right? And I'll, I'll give a quick example of that is, you know, you take a 50 key hotel with a boardroom and a coffee shop, right? No, no super difficult F&B, but a little bit there and a little bit of, you know, conference services revenue, let's call it the light. You know, traditionally a hotel like that for us and in most mini markets is gonna do 10 to 15% in group and eight to 12% in corporate, you know, not a ton, but enough to kind of employ a sales manager, spend money directly on group and corporate sales and kind of focus area in that. Well, COVID hits and, you know, pandemic shuts everything down. And this, these are levels of business we're still talking about when are they going to come back, if they're going to come back at all. So right. now you're in a year for some markets. For us, it was it happened you know, a little bit in 2022, but definitely in 2023, where you're now assessing that the last year or two, you've been able to replace half of your group business and half of your corporate business or more with leisure business, right? Hmm. You haven't sold maybe as many you know, the meeting room is as much as you wanted um, and haven't had some catered events, but you far offset it because you've, you know, sold at a leisure rate and that leisure guest is still yeah. uh, accessing your coffee shop. So you're at a point where you're like, all right, do we put the money back into channels that drive group business? You know, how do we reassess the sales team that we need in, in place? So I think from a, a top line perspective, when we're talking about you know, a post-pandemic environment, you know, some of that kind of looks like it looks in a development environment where you're like, what is our customer base? What is our mix of business? And the sustainability of it in the current budgeting year 
and how that impacts the next three to five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's an exercise that that we've gone through over the past year and a half and that we continue to go through. It's, yeah. Uh, right now, there's just not a, a big sign of that leisure. Um, you know, it, it's tempered a little bit, but not drastically where you'd say, all right, we're back to group and corporate mix as it was. Right. Before. So it's uh, it's it's nice, at least that the uh, the strong return of leisure has compensated uh, somewhat for the corporate. Right. Uh, the loss of corporate business a little bit. Sounds like. Yeah, I, I, yeah. it's funny, you know, not to put an asterisk on it, but, you know, I say this at conferences that I attend and, you know, hopefully some people out there know of us that, you know, we're, we're heavy in the secondary and tertiary seasonal market space, college market space, and, you know, a fair amount of independence. So I'm not out here claiming that, you know, all markets have this approach or all markets, mm-hmm. you know, saw that in 2022. But for us in the environment that we mainly, uh, participate in, in, in play and, you know, operate hotels in it, that is conducive of, of what's been happening. Right. So um, from what I understand, uh, Jonathan, you, you focus on expenses related to uh, sales, marketing, IT, uh, yep. those areas, right? Um, which of those areas would you say has been most impacted by cost increases in, in uh, today? I mean, it, w- it would seem to me that maybe uh, marketing costs have have risen during the recovery from COVID. Uh, you want to you want to promote that. Want to promote your properties for returning travelers. Uh, I would think, yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, you know, we have a good balance. This isn't braggadocious at all, and I'm sure you could probably hop on any podcast or you know trade report these days and talk about labor. So, you know, that's that's area number one for us. When you what what we felt at a hotel level, we felt in a management company level just as well, right? Where it's like, you know, everyone in the industry, everyone across all industries is assessing, you know, where wages are, where inflation is, and, you know, kind of how the balance is of, of what's the right price to, you know, uh, attain someone or sustain someone on your team, right? So from a marketing standpoint, um, our, our vendor relationships are, are strong, right? So mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, we've felt it as hard that, you know, vendors have come to us and, and need a drastic change, which has been good because to your point, what it's allowed us to do is kind of flex some things that have come back. So in the marketing realm, you had maybe a year, maybe a little bit over where, you know, um, what do you want to say? Uh, AdWords dropped down because there was less bidding going on, right? So we had some saving metrics there. There were some markets that bid less, some hotels that needed to spend less. So you've seen some things come back to that sense, but I don't think they've gone too far over for us, right? And, and we've been able to flex again with some of our great relationships with vendors. And, and what we've had to address is, is our team structure, you know, the labor piece of it, and you know, how do how do we grow as a company and how do we sustain some of these people? The same conversation that our general managers are having about housekeepers, about engineers, about front desk people. Like what is, what, what is the talent and, you know, what is the kind of value for these positions that, that we need as a corporate office and as a company? Sure. So those, those vendor relationships really sound invaluable for you. Oh, Uh, big time. Right. Yeah. Great. Uh, Now, speaking of uh, staffing, right. The, uh, Higher, uh, I, I mean, are there higher labor costs now that might have, uh, might cause you from a budgeting perspective to do some cutting in other areas? 
I mean, uh, you know, like I said, that's how it works in budgeting, right? If you're uh, yeah. cost jump yeah. in one area, you have to figure out how to accommodate that uh, in, in the budget, right? Yeah, and I'll say for us, right? Like we use we use a lot of support, right? To to kind of position ourselves, and you know, we're definitely not the top line cares all go in and you know raise it up and it'll accommodate for the expense because you're gonna have to explain that later when the market doesn't come so it's a lot of market studying it's a lot of us studying ourselves and where we think it can be but i also say that you know we're not reactive to the point where you know i I think we get in front of our ownership a lot to where they know what's going on they know what you know what's happening with wages they know what's happening with expenses um you know, cost of goods and delivery is one another one, right? That you're dealing with where expenses are going up, but there's things you need and things you have to have. I think where, and we haven't seen it yet. Um, I think, you know, we've done a good job with our ownership of, of letting them know what what's out there and what's happening is I think what you're going to see is maybe a tempering or you're going to lose, um, you're going to lose some growth or you're going to lose um, innovation, right? Like, so there may be a position that someone's had in their mind for the last three years that they're like, you know, we need this type of concierge, or we need a brand ambassador, um, or we need this new tech, right? We, mm-hmm. we need a housekeeping, we need a housekeeping software system, or we need SMS chatbot, right? And right. those things that have been, you know, kind of on the, the innovation slides, where it's like, it's not been a year over year expense, but it's something new that could impact us. I think the coulds and the maybes are going to be on the chopping block, uh, unfortunately. Now for us, it's, you have, to, you have to look at those very, uh, very analytically, right, to, to determine uh, if you really need them, if they're really necessary, right? Absolutely. And, and you know, the struggle in a, in, a, in a budgeting vacuum in a year comes with that. It's like some of those things are two, three-year pictures, right? You're like, you're not going to see, you know, uh, us take down labor in 2023 because we put in an SMS chatbot and we think it's going to ease up the front desk sure. FTEs, right? Like, that that'll be an assessment in 2023 or a beta test for a 2024 impact. Now you've done everything to, to prove out an ROI and kind of get it a case. But if I'm an owner and I'm, I'm looking at it, I think they're going to take the other two and say, well, you know, this, this line or the front desk labor has gone up 25%. Um, mm-hmm. I can't put a chat bot SMS on top of it. And not to say they're going to say pick either or, but mm-hmm. um, when you have recurring expenses, you, you, you kind of got to start there. And then you right. go to the cutting room floor with, you know, kind of your wants and, and, and dreams or wish list. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, th- those recurring items. That's uh, that's your foundation for the, for the annual budget, basically your starting point, right? Yeah. So um, we have directives, what we call our budget directives, which are kind yeah. of like, there may be some new things in there. It's, you know, call it how insurance premiums are going to come out and it's, systems that we use in the corporate office, our accounting system, and what we're going to do with HR bases and, you know, some technology requirements in there. Most of them are already in place in a year over year, but it's it's kind of both of those coupled together. There may be some new things that are just required, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, call it things that have even happened via COVID or things that have come out in the last year that, you know, every hotel has. So I think those directives coupled with a, a a property in a certain market, you know, agreed to participate in a advertisement with the local college for the next five years. Well, those are going to be things that aren't hitting our directives, but are going to be things that under via a contract or a repeat expense need to make it in there. But yeah, that's our, it's kind of our foundation for, for where to start after, right. you know, kind of, or coupled with the top line performance. 
And then uh, unexpected uh, costs. Uh, how often do you run into that? How do you have to uh, allow for that? I guess in in your in your budgeting, or do you? And what is your process there? Um, yeah, I mean, our budget. You know, we like to say a lot. It, you know, makes a foundation of assumptions, right? Like, mm -hmm. what's the what's the climate of the market? What's the hotel? What kind of state is it in? What do, what do we need to be? I, I think for unexpected for us is is coupled with an a, um, an assumption, right? So, it, in my mind, if we do bill on an unexpected, it's we build in uh, inflationary cost of of seven percent, and someone might say that it's five, right? So okay. it's where we we're pushing things up, knowing costs are going up, but no one's got a metric for each line item. So we kind of you know we address it based on what what we're kind of hearing and seeing in the market. And I think the other example of that that I can give from the top line, right, is like right. when when outliers become the norm, right? And knock on wood for us, and we're in that season right now, so I don't like to say it over. Uh, you know, a recorded podcast, but uh, hurricanes, right? We have we have hotels and hurricane markets. So hmm. there was there was a five year stretch where you know we had a hurricane scare, a tropical storm, or an impact on yeah. you know the same market every year. And it came to the point where you know we were explaining budget related to hurricanes, and we're like, all right. After a conversation with ownership, we had built in a hurricane impact because it had become a norm it become a norm within 30 days for the previous five years and it become a trend so you know i think things like that we call it you know you built in something unexpected it's not stamped on the map that it's going to happen um yeah. but right but it's potential and uh you know other than that we don't have a grace period line we're not like hey you know we're going to take two percent of budgets every year and we're just going to build that in for non-factors i think you know, yeah. again, not to re recount, you know, how we interact with our owners, but it's not just in a budgetary time of year. So in the in the you know event an expense arises or there's something that comes up in the year that's new and we think we should try. Let's go back to that SMS chatbot. We're mm -hmm. not waiting till 2024's budget to put the chatbot on in in the expenses. If, you know, we, we, we've now furthered our case study that it absolutely takes away a front desk person. We're not going to wait to tell an owner that we're going to, you know, go to them in April and be like, hey, we need to put this in in May and put it in. So I think we build our budgets as real as possible without mm -hmm. a lot of that, knowing that we have the relationships to call on to put something in in an emergency or in an opportunity to grow revenue. So yeah. you want it to feel achievable. You also want it to be a little bit of a stretch. So you know, you don't want to build it heavy one way or the other where, you know, it's, it's, you know, a can of corn or the other way that, you know, a team sees it in December when it signed off on, they're like, well, this is unachievable. So, yeah. you know, it's a real balancing just, act there. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, Jonathan, I was wondering if you could share a, a little bit about your, um, you know, the, the tools that you use in budgeting any uh, any software that that you find helpful? Any data sources that you find helpful in uh, in forecasting? Um, you know, uh, any suggestions like that 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 might be helpful to uh, those in a similar role? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for me on the on the revenue side, it's easy to say. You, you know, we seek out market data in any form we can. I think the funny thing about the last year and the approaching years is that you know. I think historically, a lot of people could just kind of look at the 
RevPAR prediction for the U.S. and and kind of base their growth on that a little bit. But we have we've realized, and and for us, it's always been our case because we're in secondary and tertiary markets. We're not okay. we're not heavily founded based on what the national markets do. So even like now, and as I mentioned in COVID, you know, our our some of our properties came out of it really quickly. You know, good for them. And you know, you're seeing markets like you know Chicago and others rebound now, and and mm-hmm. they're getting to that. So I think the realization that, you know, there's sub-level data there that you can call on via STAR, CBRE, you know, some localized reports through, you know, your DMOs and other things where you can kind of see some sub-level performance. Maybe it's based on scale. Maybe it's a specific comp set. Um, And for us, we've kind of always called on that because, you know, even to use an example like Chicago, you know, the neighborhoods in Chicago just act so differently. Um, that in Atlanta was kind of the same way. We've been in the Atlanta market before and to see the way a Super Bowl impacted, you know, the, the subsets of that city, you know, you couldn't just grab that city data and be like, well, I have a hotel in Atlanta. It's going right. to do what all the other Atlanta hotels do. So, you know, for us, um, it's really, it, it's, it's a dual legged top line forecast to where we're kind of forecasting the market as well as ourselves at the same time to support where we're either, call it growing an index or we're shrinking or the market's coming back and we came back faster. So I think we look at both factors that way. And then on the total expense side, you know, we use a, a, a budgeting and forecasting system. The other thing for us is advantageous because we have so many crossing properties in so many different markets. Mm-hmm. Let's just take our collegiate stuff, right? We can, we can say, all right, well, let's look at collegiate properties between 50 and 80 keys and let's look at their guest supply line or let's look at their, you know, FTEs in this department or let's look at their digital marketing spend and let's compare that across eight properties. And that, you know, as anyone would do with a host report or some of the reports, you know, these bigger foundations put out, we we have that accessible and we can kind of what I like about it is the flexibility to run that. Right. Like we can look at the last the running six. We can look at the running 12. We could look at July and we could say you know, kind of here's the driver, here's the basis. We're seeing everyone at 20% cost on this line, but this one hotel is at 35. Why is it, you know, why is that off? Um, And it gives us, you know, a big leg up in the sense that, you know, there's a, there's a hundred scenarios where we could run that, right? We could. So so you're speaking of the, uh, the tool that you're using allows you to do these, these comparisons across properties of the same type. In, in various ways, it sounds like. Yeah, right? almost a, a drill down to a GL level or a top level segmentation. Um, and we use it for that, right? It's great as a standalone forecasting tool because drivers can be dynamic or so. Like there's individual mm-hmm. features where you're like, this is good UI UX, but on the actual portfolio side, it's also good that, you know, there's the ability to compare against live data or... Yep you know, one of the values, it's funny to think that someone might be coming, hitting up against that. But in the last few years, we've wanted to do comparisons or call it, we, I think the hotel industry nationally has been comparing to multiple years, right? You're going back to your benchmark year, albeit 18 or 19. And now people are working off the most current year. So like this year for us, it's, you know, some hotels are going to be looking at 22's performance and 2019's performance. Well, to have a, have a system at hand, that can do that very easily 
sure. changes the world versus like someone having to go run those individually or handing an owner oh, yeah. Yeah. two budget roll ups and be like, here's the comparison to 19 and here's the comparison to 22. It just, you know, right. it makes right. it makes life easy. I think it takes the stress out of some levels that could actually be very stressful. Yeah, Streamli- streamlines things a lot more, right? Um, and uh, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, being aware of these developments in specific cities. Like I think you mentioned the impact of the Super Bowl on Atlanta or things like that, right? Uh, do you uh, uh, do you use CBBs, Convention Visitor Bureaus, at, at all as a, as a resource? Uh, uh, yeah, date on things like that. Just yeah, wondering. I mean, as major independent hoteliers, absolutely. Um, you know, they're strong in their sense of event knowledge and marketing. I I can give the other example of like. You know, in university markets, we're just we're we're all over the university, whether we have a direct relationship or not. Because, you know, in West Virginia, where we have a property, the parents weekend and the games matter and the incoming teams matter and when they're holding a conference matter. So, you know, mm-hmm. those relationships, especially in the revenue world, will give you that leg up. It gives you an understanding of either something that happened in your past year or something that's coming up that you need to be on top of. So our we, you know, it's probably on our, it's on our takeover checklist. It's on our every year checklist, like being connected to any local entity still to, I think we have a little bit of an old school approach that, you know, sometimes you hope you have a uh, relationships with your competitors, right? Like your general manager knows the general manager at another hotel. I mean, and ideally that would be pretty helpful. It sounds like absolutely yeah. like when they're under renovation or like something's happening over there, you, you want the relationship from a, call it a backup standpoint or, you know, good neighbor standpoint, but, you know, it's advantageous in many ways um, as is CVBs and and any, you know, market related. That's what I was saying with universities or, you know, any big driver as it relates to the markets that we're in. Um, Jonathan. So, uh, you know, just to wrap up, I was wondering um, if you could kind of overall uh, describe what you think, are the uh, the top best practices in the area of budgeting and, and forecasting uh, today? It could be it could be approaches you take now that you didn't take in the past because it being post pandemic, right? Um, uh, any new approaches, I guess, or things that you can recommend that you do in, in your processes now? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, not to say that it, it's changed so drastically post COVID, but I think, I think one, just reiterate what we just touched on, right. It's like, do a true assessment of your property in in the market and the comp set. Right. I think that helps all levels. It helps all levels to, uh, for my, you know, my team in the top line to understand the market and where we're positioned. And, you know, for us, a, a good COVID example of that is, is we, you know, as independent and smaller properties, we're in markets or in comp sets with, 200 key properties and we're 40. Well, you know, some of our bounce back was a lot quicker. Now in 2023, when those 200 key properties start bouncing back, you know, Mm -hmm. how are we explaining that? So I think a a simple reassessment, if you're not doing it every year for us, it's a part about, it's a part of every budget year where we're redoing a SWOT analysis, we're redoing a comp set analysis uh, and supplies coming on everywhere. So just make sure you know that, right. Um, You know, I, a, a, little other, more, a little more re- reevaluation of budgets going on more consistently now than before, would you say? Um, um, during, during the year, maybe? Or Yeah, I, I don't think, uh, you know, real scrutiny of, of the budget itself. I think forecasting is being looked at. But again, you know, for us, forecast accuracy is something I look at with my team all the time. Um, huh. it's, it's the knowledge and ability to know, you know, 
where is that expanded now? Or, you know, how, how tight am I being to that, to, to pre-COVID environments? And, and what is my expectation going at now that we've kind of, you know, restabilized an environment? I think one thing for us to, you know, knowing all the thought process that has to go into what is a, a new operating environment, right? We're kind of operating under a little bit of different rules. Expectations of hotels are coming back. Yep. You know, you have your general managers and your teams assessing so much. Excuse me. We put so much into the past three years of like making our budget process non-stressful. And what I mean by that is like we work off a, a, a pretty, you know, call it strict schedule, but it's known what our budget expectations are via meetings, via presentations, via schedules, mm-hmm. everything. So like our team shouldn't is not stressed every week from July to October knowing what's next. It, it's clearly defined what's next. Our templates are there, like uh, knowing what they're presenting, what, what the requirements are, what, what dates they're going to, I talked about 2019 and 22 before. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to take a lot of the, the simple stress work out of it and make the job of like actually being a strategist and being, you know, a market assessor and being a labor assessor, mm-hmm. you know, the, the true work that goes into budgets, because that's where we want to like, you know, find the wins and, you know, be able to, to, to put some of the dream stuff in where it's like, man, we have a general manager here who can change the level of service and elevate this hotel to be the best hotel in the market. Right. How do we give them the tools to that? Well, one, a little bit, it starts in this, they need the, the money and the resources to do it, but also they don't need to be burdened with the other things that, that kind of come with that, where we can make their life easier. Sure. Um, uh, st- stress can definitely work against performance. Right? Absolutely. I'm trying to minimize that. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, look, thanks so much for your your, your insights on on this topic. Uh, I think that our uh, I think our readers will find it uh, very helpful. Right. No. Um, yeah. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, we'll uh, we'll touch base then again. Thank you for listening to Lodging on Demand. If you want more content like this, subscribe to Lodging Magazine on YouTube. You can also subscribe to Lodging On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. For news and updates, follow at Lodging Magazine on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Or visit us at lodgingmagazine.com.